Welcome to the Breast of Everything podcast, your trusted resource for breast health information, support, and encouragement. Your host today is Dr. Eric Brown of Comprehensive Breast Care. Welcome. Welcome to the Breast of Everything podcast. Today, I'm your host, Dr. Eric Brown, and I'm so excited to have our first guest, Jennifer Nagy. Jennifer is from the American Cancer Society and has been a friend, a colleague, and huge help for me and my practice for over 10 years. Jennifer is a manager of Strategic Partnerships Cancer Control of the American Cancer Society North Central Region. She's won numerous awards and she's been awarded the Patricia Milner Sachs Heart of a Survivor Award in June of 2009 by Carmanis Cancer Institute, as well as the American Cancer Society CEO Award in 2005, as well as many others. I'm so happy to introduce Jen Nagy and I look forward to having a conversation. Hi, Jen. Hi, Dr. Brown. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am just fine. Thank you so much for taking the time to spend with us today. Um, Jen, you know, this Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and uh, it's all about pink, but I think we need to talk a little bit more than pink. And I thought no better place to look for support services and resources than the American Cancer Society. And you were the person that popped into my head. Could you tell us a little bit about what your role is with ACS? Sure, and thank you. It is such an honor. Honestly, I was thrilled to get the invite. And so, you know, it's been a while that I've talked to you. So I, I do want to say, oh my goodness, it's, it's, it has been a while. Um, but I do want to say, you're right, it is about pink right now. It's about breast cancer awareness, but there's so much more happening throughout the whole entire month. Um, you know, I have started with the American Cancer Society 20, almost 25 years ago, and I have had the opportunity to have different different kinds of roles um, with healthcare systems and working with the federally qualified health systems, working with the Commission on Cancer Health Systems, all making sure that those hospitals are in a standard of care for their oncology department. Um, at the same time, making sure that the American Cancer Society's programs and services are being offered and we're collaborating together as a unified group. And I've been with a number of healthcare systems and have always been able to count on you and the American Cancer Society for just that, for that support. But you started 25 years ago. You must have been 14 when you started. So that's amazing. That's just amazing. I would like to say that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, obviously our podcast is focusing on breast and breast cancer. And since this is October, um, Obviously, it's Pinktober, as many would put it. And, you know, most of us cancer, breast cancer providers really don't like pink, only because we think every month is pink, not just one month. So tell us what types of things does the American Cancer Society put on throughout the year? Obviously, things are going to happen in a more robust fashion in October. But what are things that people can look for out in the community just to be aware of cancer and aware of what they can do to help uh, screen and prevent 
late diagnoses. First of all, let me even just acknowledge that this year specifically has been a pretty challenging year for us. Um, typically, in this month of October, we are celebrating several of our Making Strides Against Breast Cancer events, walks that celebrate survivors, that provide education, provide resources and information in the community. And we've been challenged with that by the fact that we had to do everything virtual. So um, COVID-19 definitely has brought a twist to our way of bringing some breast cancer awareness activities and information to the community. Uh, we are doing quite a bit of podcasts or social media tags, reminding the women to get their mammograms, to get back into screening, um, to make sure that they are following up with their physician, and then just really continuing to educate the corporations and the schools and the, the churches to make sure we get that basic education down. Have you experienced a decrease or an increase in the number of women or even people for that matter that participate in these programs you know it's easier to access by just sitting in front of your computer i guess when your it is working um and harder to get in the car and drive somewhere mm -hmm. so I, i'm just curious are, are the turnouts more are the turnouts less is it harder to get the word out what, what have you found we are seeing a little bit of a decline, yes, in participation. Um, and actually, we're seeing a decline in funds being raised. And that's probably one of our biggest obstacles right now because you know we look for our events and our activities to bring us the fundraising dollars to help us fund our research programs. And so um, we're currently, we're, we're looking at about a 50% decline in cancer reduction. For, so looking at the new year, um, as we look at research dollars, that's what we're currently forecasting. So it's a big, it's a big hit in terms of funding, which it, it is. is important. It is, especially because, you know, Dr. Brown, everyone knows the American Cancer Society as a research organization. And I think that's important for people to know that we are second to the national government when it comes to research and funding institutions. We have, since 1946, invested $4.8 billion, 150 grants, and $400 million in just breast cancer alone. And so for COVID-19 to take this hit for us even, um, it's, it's drastic. It's a drastic hit. And we are, you know, we're, we're trying to regroup and we're trying to identify key leaders in the community to help us gain some momentum, but keep the, keep the attitude and the energy around Breast Cancer Awareness Month while we move forward. Yeah, we've even noticed in our practice that, uh, you know, kind of a fallout is the lack of screening. Uh, mm -hmm. With mammography centers being closed for over a month, you know, it's not affecting as many people as it could have if they, they were closed longer. But, you know, certainly you have women that have delayed getting their mammogram. And what we find is when they get diagnosed with breast cancer, they, get, they feel very guilty that they didn't get the mammogram done because, you know, the, the lockdown is unlocked and mammography centers open up, but you're in the middle of life and you can't get right to it. And so then delays ensue. So we've seen that on a day-to-day -day basis just in our practice uh, with the lack of the screening that's available. Well, well, and I'll be honest with you, we are looking at an 87% decline in mammography rates right now based on um, the data, based on people not going to get their mammograms. So we're seeing that decrease happen, and we're hoping to help the hospitals catch back up, but they have the catch-up, and then they have the new patients as well. So... You know, it's an obstacle, absolutely. And we want yeah. to get the message out and that it's safe as well. 
Yeah, that, that's an excellent point. And I remember early in the pandemic when we kind of had a unknown in terms of how long these big time lockdowns would last. We, we asked the question, how do you start screening again? Because like you said, you have the people that are due for their mammogram and then months and potentially it would have been more months of women that didn't have their mammogram that need to get in. Well, that begins to overwhelm the system. And yep. so, you know, a lot of the societies were looking at how, how do we ration mammography for that matter? Yeah, you know, and I, I can actually even share my own personal example. I was due for my mammogram in March and I had to wait and it got postponed. It, it got postponed until July. But I'm, I'm one of those people, though, that I wanted to get in. Right. So I'm not waiting. I'm, I'm trying to get in as soon as I can. Um, and so I had to wait a few months to get in, but I will say that the safety and the precautions that the health systems are doing to make sure women and men get in and get screened is unbelievable. It's awesome. It's just awesome. Yeah, and that, that kind of leads to another question I had in terms of what the ACS provides. You know, in big urban areas, there's a lot of disparity in terms of access to mammography, access to care. You know, we saw with COVID how high the mortality rates were in urban areas because of the disparities or lack of any good ongoing uh, health care for patients that live in those areas. What are we doing? Do we have mammography on wheels or what are we doing in the in the cities where people don't always have the access that they deserve? Um, well, I will say that there are some health systems that do work with um, mammography vans, and they have that opportunity. Um, we also do our huge support of the Breast and Cervical Cancer Control Program, which is a state-funded program that offers free and reduced mammography for, for women. Um, and so, you know, we're just trying to get the word out to make sure that they understand that they can get the information, they can get to a mammogram if they need to. Yeah, that's great. And it's been a great service that's provided. And I think, you know, if there's any mission out there, it's to get the word out to all areas, whether it's suburban, urban, high income, low income, no income, uh, you know, cancer isn't cheap. And the earlier you find something, the less you'll need to treat that something. Another thing that we see a lot of, and it's more and more lately because the cost of healthcare is, is going up so much, is financial toxicity from cancer treatment. You know, the drugs are expensive, uh, surgery is expensive, radiation is expensive, and our co-pays and deductibles are going up. So what access is there for patients in terms of uh, financial help uh, during their breast cancer journeys that you've been able to put people in touch with? Well, let me, let me even say that you know, access to information is the number one priority. And so we want to make sure that women, men, you name it, the community gets um, access to information, which would be through the American Cancer Society's toll-free 800 number or their website. And so what I would what I would recommend is for, if you're looking for that kind of information, if you're seeking financial assistance, we have a financial assistance program that helps with national programs, help bridge those gaps. And so I would recommend calling the American Cancer Study. I would recommend calling us or getting on our website and asking for some of those questions. If you're looking for a support group, if you're looking for something in the community that you can't find right now, call us. We're there. We're there 24-7, 365. 
It's so important. Thank you for that information, because that really is really very, very critical. You know, women with breast cancer have jobs most of the time, and you can't always work every day during your treatment. Uh, they need to buy groceries. They have kids. They need to send the kids to school or to daycare. And they, you know, knowing that there are resources that are available for them is, is such a huge, huge part of the puzzle in putting together a treatment plan because you know us doctors we we kind of get tunnel visioned into what's the best surgery what's the best treatment after surgery and sometimes we lose sight of the fact that you know there's a patient that's a mom or a wife or a partial earner in the family or a full earner of a family and um it's we hear it more lately that you know i can't miss this much work i can't I can't be out of income. I only have so much time off. And of course, us doctors think, well, who wouldn't give you time off for going through this? But you know, it's the real world out there where this is not, uh, nothing's for free. I guess nothing's for free. No, but I guess that's an added benefit, I guess, even of the American Cancer Society is that we are free. We are a free resource. Um, you know, I think about the amount of calls we receive in a year are over 100 million. Um, the, the amount of hits that we get on our website are over 100 million, over 1 million. Um, but at the same time, what I think is important is that the individuals are getting reliable information, credible information, and information to help walk them through that journey. So whether it's treatment information, nutrition information, how to talk to your doctor, um, how to track your appointments, and you need a scheduling assistance tool, we have it. And we want to make sure that it gets in the hands of the right people. Great information. And, and I agree with you completely. That is the one thing for free is the American Cancer Society and, and the services that they provide. Is there any resource available for patients that have trouble with transportation? Because that is another issue that women have. When they do radiation, for example, that's an everyday treatment. Many patients feel just fine going to and from but some maybe have other health issues or are a little bit older and maybe not quite able to. Is there resources available? And if so, how has that been affected by this lovely virus that we're dealing with out there? Absolutely. Um, you know, we're proud to have a road recovery program, which is a volunteer transportation program that drives cancer patients to and from their treatment. Um, we have hundreds of volunteers nationwide that are a part of this volunteer program that drives cancer patients for us daily. The hard part about this is that since COVID, we've had to put it on a halt. So we've had to stop driving cancer patients because of the COVID-19. And so that's difficult just in itself. And we have tons of volunteers that want to do good, want to drive cancer patients to their treatment, but they just can't right now. Yeah, we've actually in the past had uh, drivers that we've been put in touch with through the society uh, that drive patients to surgery because you need to have somebody that would stay with you. And sometimes the family just can't be there the entire time of somebody's surgery, when it, especially when it's minor, because, you know, there's nothing that's short in the hospital. So even the most minor of surgery that might take an hour, you're there for four or five hours. So having somebody with you that's just a phone call away, and they've kind of been vetted through the American Cancer Society, also I'm sure gives people a lot of comfort. Without any question, it's been a, been a huge, a huge help. Another question, go ahead, sorry. 
No, you're, yeah, I just wanted to add, you know, you talk about the buddy system in a way, and I think of our Reach to Recovery program that has been around for a very long time for breast cancer patients and survivors. And, and the thought of having someone newly diagnosed, being able to talk to someone who is a breast cancer survivor, who's had the same type of diagnosis, maybe their same kind of family history, um, same background they may come from. We have that capability of, of bringing them together now, even through an app and through chatting online. And so before it was old fashioned, you made a phone call and maybe you, you visited with somebody, right? Now it's all, it's all virtual. So you can do it all even virtually to have that buddy system as well. I can only imagine my mother having to find an app to get a driver. It would be a nightmare. But that's a story for another day, Jen, a story for another day. You know, one of the things that's really near and dear to the heart of our practice is research. And being involved in research, we participate in a number of clinical trials, and we have even some trials that we're doing as a smaller collective group. Um, understanding that the American Cancer Society supports research, can you tell us a little bit about more about what they support and where, where does that funding come? So the funding actually comes from our donors out in the community. And so that's why events like Making Strides or our Relay for Life events, those are all donor dollars that we look for and anticipate to help us with our research projects. Um, I will say that, you know, I mentioned um, just the breast cancer grants just in general, that we have um, about $69 million right now in breast cancer since March of 2020 invested. And, and, that's, nation, and that's nationwide. In, in Michigan, just even to break it down even a little bit more, we have 21 grants in Michigan with it at about $10.1 million. Wow. So, so it's it's coming back into the community in that avenue. And so when someone does a walk or someone makes a donation, it's all allocated into a way that it can help support the kind of research that we're doing as it relates to prevention, as it relates to quality of life, immunotherapy, genetics, you name it, it's there. And we're, we're on the cutting ground for it. You know, we're, we're also known for um, our, our Nobel Prize winners. And so I, I'm not even sure if you remember this or not, but you know, we have 49 Nobel Prize winners that have come from the American Cancer Science Research Institute. And so to think that those individuals at the high level are, were funded through the American Cancer Society first, I, I, at, that, at that level is just amazing. Wow, that, that, is, that is amazing. 49 Nobel Prize winners. Fantastic, fantastic. So one question I have is, what if a breast cancer patient wants to get more information where should they go what, what's the website is there a phone number um how do they get that information sure um our best avenue is our call center it's 1-800-227-2345 that call center is available 24 7 seven days a week we do not close not even on the holidays we are there to answer your calls um, I will even say during Breast Cancer Awareness Month, our, our volume does go up. And at about 2 a.m., our volume goes up. Wow. Um, we, we see a spike with people asking questions, needing information at that time in the morning when maybe their doctors, they can't get to their doctors, right? So who do they call? They call the American Cancer Society. Um, another avenue is our website, 
Cancer.org. Cancer.org has, has been around for a very long time. It's a wealth of information. It not only has statistics, it not only has um, actual nutrition hubs and, and decks related to different types of treatment or surgeries, but it also now currently has a COVID-19 hub where you can actually get some more detailed information for cancer patients that are dealing with COVID-19. Um, at the same time, there's caregiver information, there's resources that are all on our website that are, are so available to, to anyone. And, and I want to just even highlight one specific resource that we have that I think is the best kept secret. It's on our website and it's cancer.org backslash PHM. And it's our personal health manager kit. And at one time we, we would hand out a personal health manager kit to the, a woman who's been diagnosed or a man who's been diagnosed. Um, now you can access it online. You can actually get all of that information online or mailed to you based on your what your need is. And so it's there. It's there for people to get what they what they want or desire and have it at their leisure. That's fantastic. And we we've seen the book before, and now to see that it's online and everything's turning online and virtual or electronic. Uh, it's a super helpful guide. It's very difficult and challenging for patients to keep things straight, but to be able to kind of have almost like a diary, if you will, great, great uh, tool uh, in, in the cancer journey. And finally, I want to ask you, let's say somebody wanted to get involved and uh, not a cancer patient per se, but somebody who wants to be the real men will wear pink next year, as I did this year, or something that... I even have pink underpants on for you today, Jen, just for that. So um, how, how do they get involved? Is it same same way or is there a different way to get involved? Same way, same way. Our, our website and our call center can answer those questions. If you want to volunteer for Road to Recovery, if you want to be a Reach to Recovery volunteer, if you want to be a part of the Real Men Were Pink campaign and fundraise, if you, if you want to walk with us, all of that is available through our website. All of it's easy to access and you get you get connected right back to the local the local office terrific terrific well this has been so fun and i hope informative to people listening uh, it is an absolutely fantastic organization the american cancer society I want to repeat the 800 number because unfortunately people are up at two o'clock in the morning worrying about this so if you are 24-7-365, 1-800-227-2345, and the personal health manager is at cancer.org forward slash PHM. Jen, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to talk to me today. Uh, you're my favorite. You will be forever. I always know that if I call on you, you come through quickly and with no hesitation. It's, it's always appreciated as is today's time. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Brown. It's an honor and I, I truly enjoyed the time. I hope we can do it again with another topic, even if we have to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, again, this is Dr. Eric Brown. This is the Breast of Everything podcast. We've been talking to Jennifer Nagy from the American Cancer Society. We really appreciate her time. Uh, we hope you found it worthwhile. Again, reach out to us if there are other topics you'd like us to cover. Uh, we want to be a resource just like the American Cancer Society. 
So anything you want to talk about, you want to hear about, please let us know. You've been listening to the Breast of Everything podcast with your hosts and board-certified breast surgeons, Dr. Eric Brown, Dr. Lindsay Gold, and Dr. Ashley Richardson of Comprehensive Breast Care. If you have a subject you would like the surgeons to discuss, please submit your suggestions online at compbreastcare.com. That's C-O-M-P-B-R-E-A-S-T-C-A-R-E.com. The views, thoughts, and opinions shared in this podcast are intended for general education and informational purposes only and should not be substituted for medical advice, treatment or care from your physician or healthcare provider. Always consult your healthcare provider first.